it's the 9th of December and it snowed this morning in Guttenberg and uh, Bob Urban is with me. Bob's been to Florida this week. I want to go to Florida here in the near future. How was Florida, by the way, before we talk about ice fishing? Yeah, we were trying to get uh, the podcast done down in Florida, but it just seemed like we were busy, busy, busy all week. Uh, really nice temperatures, no rain, no wind. We actually snuck out and did some grouper and snapper fishing. Uh, which my family and Nolan got to go out, and uh, he actually outfished us, which was no surprise. He got to use some uh, squid as bait, and then we got to catch our bait, and we ended up with, I don't want to say about 16, 17 decent fish, some grouper. Um, Some of the grouper were out of season, but just a really fun trip. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to Jaws 2, um, they're out of Clearwater area. They put out of that area. And we went about 21 miles offshore and found some rock reefs, a lot of rock. And uh, it's just a weird way to fish. It's the same stuff that we use for flathead catfish. They have to use circle hooks. We were using eight ot circle hook and about eight ounce egg sinkers, just a slip sinker, six and eight ounce egg sinkers, just like we would do for channel or not channel catfish, but flathead catfish um, here on the Mississippi River. Uh, same tactics, set up with a pen reel, heavy rods, and it was a blast. Did you find that some of those uh, groupers uh, don't really fight that much, but they're heavy enough, they're hard to pull in? Oh, yeah, it was it was the actual ones that fought the most. The trigger fish, probably, um, those are interesting fish. And it seemed like the groupers would, would go back into the rocks. So that was the hardest part is to keep them out of that coral. That coral. We were using 80-pound mono, but if you got a nick in it, it would be down to like 8 or 10-pound. Yeah. So we would have to change the leaders out. Yeah. Well, Bob, it looks like you're getting a lot of deer hunter business uh, right now. But uh, with the weather good and with this Friday and the school's out, you get a lot of people that are interested in fishing. Yeah, I come up to work uh, right around, uh, I'd say Dubuque County, Clayton County line is where the the rain mix to snow changed here at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. We got about 2 inches of snow, I would say, um, on top of 4 inches of ice. So a lot of the kids are out ice fishing today. Roads weren't the greatest. And The ice is on the river, not on the road. Yeah, the ice is Bussy Lake is probably the only place I would say that is safe. Um, so we are switched over to ice season. It was a surprise when we came back from Florida. Um, have everything in stock bait-wise for ice fishing, and they're having some success out there. You know, one of the things we've talked about on your store here, uh, Murray Bait and Tackle on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye, is the friendliness of all the people, the expertise of your staff, you and the people you have working here. If you come in, to me it's like a hardware store where the people know what they're doing. They can tell you what they've got, compare one to another, and when you go out, you probably got what you need. So, Ken, we, we aren't experts by any means. I don't want to sit here on our podcast and say that we're experts. But for the new fishermen, the average fishermen, we are perfect for those folks, and that's 95% of our business is guys that are wanting to go that haven't been going. We know a lot. We realize we know a lot um, regarding the industry I have some good help here, some guys that need some stuff. If we don't know, one of the two or three folks that are standing around here, like the local hardware store, they're going to put you in the right direction of what color they were using, what bait they were using the day before. Those guys are coming in fishing, and that's why we love um, some of the local guys that are willing to help 
uh, some of the new guys out that are going fishing. You know, you're somewhat like a local barber shop. I went into ours in Dyersville, and there's five men in there, and nobody's getting their hair cut. Yeah, yeah. I, I say that all the time, and even when we had our little shop for for manufacturing lures and doing some stuff, it's like the guy's hair shop, I would yeah. say, for the girls. they um, Whether we're gossiping or, or doing some no, stuff, it's we, don't we don't gossip in, in the store. Solving the world's problems, whatever. But um, if you have some questions regarding local fishing, local conditions, local this, this is the place to uh, get the answers, which is nice. Bob Urban, I see you got a new uh, Florida haircut. Looks pretty good. You got hair all over the top of your head. I kind of envy that, but you got it short. Yeah, that's pretty typical for summertime. And we went down to Florida and I got rid of that it's a little warmer down there we we flew back into minneapolis and it was 16 degrees and snow and then we got another batch of snow here in guttenberg so here's a question for you you've got some fairly big ticket items that dan and i talk about a little bit later on if you compare them and your service and all other things to the big box stores how do you think you can compete with them so the big ticket items we don't get too worked up about the store a lot of folks will go get their tents, kind of sit in their stuff at the big box stores, flashers. We don't sell a ton of that stuff um, over the last two years. We've grown our business up to where we're selling more of it. I would say we're more knowledgeable about it. Pricing is very hard for to compete with those box stores. They're buying thousands of these units. We're buying in the tens. We try to stay right there. Um, they do run some specials. They do run some sales that we cannot compete with. We can't really match prices on it just because it, it is what it is on that. But supporting local, a lot of guys will are talk about supporting local or stores, making sure our bait shops are there. Whether it's not Murray's, um, we don't get too worked up about supporting other stuff. If you're from Waterloo, go to Hank's. If you're from Iowa City, go to Finn and Feather. Some of those local stores that are great. Um, but if you're ever up in the area here, Guttenberg, we have a lot of stuff. We're knowledgeable about what you need and what you don't need. We're not going to oversell you on a Vexlar when you only need to fish four or five foot. Some of those uh, features in there you don't need on the backwater. So we are knowledgeable about that. If you go into a box store, sometimes it's hard to even find somebody that fishes or ice fishes or or something in that regard. But um, I, I'd say our staff is knowledgeable. We're very personable. We have the right stuff for the area. Some, some of the big box stores will just shoot a big spread out there. Half of the stuff you might not even fish for here, they're just covering every region in the United States and kind of just shooting a shotgun out there, and they might sell this, might sell that. What's nice about your local bait stores, they know what you need to go out and fish for, and we only carry that certain stuff. Well, all the things I see of the bigger stores... Once you buy it, it says, do not come back to the store with this, call the manufacturer. And although the manufacturer is the one to deal with, if somebody bought it from you, you guys would have some idea of what uh, might have gone wrong or especially helping them to be able to replace it. Yeah, a lot of the times it's it's something simple, to be honest with you. You know, it's as simple as when you call into those manufacturers, did you check the battery? Did you do this? Is the charger faulty? The manufacturers are recommending a lot of that stuff. Um, St. Croix Rods is a prime example. They want to have control of that to get you a new rod to get you that. Certain stuff, uh, Vexlar, you, you won't have a problem with Vexlar. Some of the other issues with cameras or something like that, they will send you to the 
to the manufacturer, the big box stores. But we'll work with you on this rod stuff. If you have a broken rod, if you have a reel, we'll do this stuff here, uh, repair it here, kind of stuff like that. If you have a simple issue um, regarding that, where the big box stores, they're just going to return it, give you your money back, and right. or send you to the manufacturer. Let's talk about ice fishing. Are we getting close to where that uh, if we get some cold weather in the next couple of weeks, we should be in good shape in a lot of the water around? Yeah, I would say um, just looking at the forecast, we're we're safely fishing on Bussy. We got two inches of snow. Well, Guys, it's just north of town. Just north of town. It's the lake. You want to access it from uh, Island Road. You'll see vehicles parked there. We got some snow cover. It is safe. Just do not access it by the docks area. They were heating up and uh, sign it kind of some soft ice there. Uh, we're sitting at four inches, almost five inches of ice, which is very safe to walk on, pretty decent. Just need to be smart because the snow is covering it. Don't need to be walking from the parking ramp over. There's a current stream in there and a center dredge there where it is not safe until it gets really cold. And you'll notice guys will be creeping out there and checking it with their spud bars and stuff and doing it somewhat safely. Uh, we're only in four or five foot of water. Um, it's nothing that is going to be life-threatening if you do fall in. Um, there's enough people out there. Have your some spikes with you. Have your safety picks, have your float suits, and, and guys are out fishing. We're in four or five foot of water. They're getting bluegills, they're getting a few perch, uh, and they're getting uh, one crappie was caught last night. So, Is there anybody fishing open water anywhere on the river? There is. The sauger bite's been good, but it's a tricky bite. We're into water temperatures of 32 degrees, obviously, um, with the ice forming up. And the walleyes, not a lot of walleyes caught. You're having to go a little bit deeper for the saugers. And they're saying that they don't even know that they're biting. They're just hanging on to the bait. It's a very typical winter bite for them. Uh, Talked to a guy that's fishing Bellevue. Nothing in their bellies down there um, when he cleaned them. So they're in that lethargic winter mode. They're getting them. The boats are still able to get out. Uh, the ramps are icing up when you're pulling out. So be careful with that. Um, but if you still have your boat and you're still able to go, it's, the, it's open, ready to roll. Well, on this Friday, you had a lot of people coming in getting deer tags, and uh, are you getting some people that are still looking for Christmas presents, uh, Christmas gift certificates, things like that, for people that are hard to buy for or avid fishermen? So, speaking from experience in Christmas shopping, I'm always the week before, a few days before. We haven't been seeing a ton of that. This next couple of weeks, we'll be doing a lot of gift certificates to the to the store here on the bait and tackle side. Beth's having some more sales coming up here, dropping some prices on her end. And we're doing some, yeah, they are. They're coming in, getting some rods, different stuff, ideas uh, for Christmas. And and we're doing a lot of deer tags for second season this Friday. Lots of ammo going out um, for deer season as well. Well, Dan Sawyer has uh, several different things about walking through the store and demos with Dan. I learned a whole lot with him. All these items are here in abundant supply at Murray Bait and Tackle on the uh, south end of Guttenberg under the Big Walleye. Glad to have you back, Bob, and glad to have things going, and hope you have a happy holiday season. Yeah, you too. We have a local fisherman who's extremely good at doing this. His name is Benny, and Benny is in the shop here from time to time doing security. Did you go out fishing this week? Yes, I got out on Monday there, and I did pretty good. Uh, I landed out on bluegills, and oh, really? in about I was out there for about five hours. First four, I didn't catch anything, and then I ended up landing out in the last hour. Wow, that's great. 
Were you out on Bussy, a general area? Yeah, so I was out on Bussy, uh, right between, in the middle of the dr- main dredge cut where everybody fishes, about halfway between where there's no houses on the islands. Yeah. Well, was there any uh, trick to it that you'd pass on to other people of how you caught fish in the last hour versus the first four? Uh, I just moved to a different hole, and I tried one of Bob's new freshwater shrimp tungsten jigs. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ca- caught all my fish on. So what do you do with them next? Do you uh, you clean them, put them in the freezer? Yes, I got them all cleaned, and I had a couple meals of fish since then, yeah. and I did put some in the freezer. Good. Is it safe enough, in your view, to be out there on that water? I... On Monday, I only had two inches of ice, and it was getting it was sketchy for me. Then yeah. now I think there's four inches of ice out there, so it should be pretty should be safe enough for people to be walking out on. Okay, thanks for the report, Benny. Yep, thank you, Ken. This is Ken Root. I'm here at Murray Bait and Tackle on the south end of Guttenberg on Highway 52 under the big walleye. And standing beside me is uh, Dan Sawyer, who works several days a week, some weeks, especially this one, since uh, the boss is gone. Huh? Yeah, he kind of left the place and up to me to what to do. So I've changed it all completely the way I wanted it now. Well, darn right. And yeah. Benny is uh, doing security for you here. Yeah. So we're all in good shape. Sam is down here on the other end taking care of everything. She does improve the quality of life here, doesn't she? Oh, yes. I'm going to miss her. Yeah. Oh, she's leaving? Yeah, they're going to retire, and Sam's going to be leaving too, I believe. But uh... How can you retire at 30 years old? Dan, a lot of people are going out ice fishing, and uh, some of them are drilling a hole and uh, putting a line in and hoping for the best. But there's a lot of technology that's out there right now that will give you a little bit of an edge, maybe quite a bit of an edge, and you've got it all here at the store. So a couple of weeks ago, Bob Burris talked us through a unit that he had. He called a Vexilar that he loads down to the bottom. And supposedly you can actually get a warning before the fish get there. What is that system? Well, the most popular system we have is called the Vexilar. And uh, there's a, probably about four or five different stages and price points on those on those machines, and they're actually what they call a flasher. Let you know when you drop that transducer in the water, you can pop holes a hole, and you can tell pretty quickly whether you got fish in the hole or down below working or looking at your bait, and you can also see your jig on there. So it it takes a little bit to learn how to how to read it, but once you've got it. You don't want to go fishing without it. I left mine home one day and I turned around and went home because I didn't want to fish without it. I don't like sitting there wondering whether there's fish down there. I think it makes your fishing a lot more efficient that way too. So, Does it give you an edge on being ready to sense that fish because you know he's there? Yeah, so you'll have a screen there and it'll start out here. You'll fish, you'll see your bait down on the screen. It'll be red, it'll be green. And you move it, you'll see it move up and down. And all of a sudden... In comes a green bar that turns yellow, t- starts moving towards that your bait, and then it turns red on these machines. The old, some of those are different colors, but when it gets red, that fish is right on that jig. And then you start watching for a bite, and usually by then, if he's going to take it, he's going to take it, and you'll see, you see your, you'll feel your bite, or you'll see your bite on your bite indicator. Uh, and 
so you know what's going on down there. And what's frustrating, sometimes they come up, they look at it, and then they back away. You don't get them. So, but it does maybe occupy your time on the ice, kind of entertains you, keeps you interested in what's going on. Sort of your outdoor television set. It is, you know, it's not an actual, it's a live action machine, but all you're looking at is little colored bars. And as it gets closer, it goes from green, yellow, orange, and then bright red. Is there a system where you can actually see the fish? Yes, there's several. Um, we have an ice Helix 9 Mega Live, and that's live action. And basically what it does is you can see the fish move towards the bait. You can see the, your bait in the water. It has a transducer that you put it through the, in a hole, and you rotate it 360 degrees, and you can see where the fish are out in the lake or in the pond or wherever you're at. And then you can go over to that area, drill a hole, try to get on top of where they're at. So it helps you locate them better. So Let's get over the sticker shock for people. These are not cheap machines. They look, they're well made, and uh, how long will they last? Well, I've had one for probably 15 years, and it's an FLX-12. And I still actually have the original battery in it. Which is unusual because uh, usually they don't last that that long. But I keep it charged during the summertime a little bit, and that makes a difference. What are you selling these for? Well, we, the price points on those are like from three hundred and thirty dollars, and you can spend you know, seven hundred dollars for a, the FLX twenty eight, which is kind of the top of the line of that Vexlar series, is what I want to call it, I guess. So. Are there any other brands that are cheaper? Yeah, we have the Markham brand, which a lot of guys really like, and uh, I've seen them. I've never used them, but there's a lot of options there. They give you some nice features like lithium batteries with them, where uh, you know, and then you get a case to carry it with. So it uh, there's some nice stuff there, and we have that in stock too, and we sold a lot of them. Some have actually a GPS system in them, where you can actually mark your spots where you're fishing on the on the pond or lake. And then go back to them and find it back the next next time you go back. So, like this one right down here, this MX7 GPS, that has a big GPS screen in it. To, you can, What's the price point on these? Um, $830 for that one there. And that's probably the top of the line on Markham. So, but there's there's different variances along. And I think that the, the, the cheaper ones are like $400. Let me step over here to what you spoke of earlier, this Ice Helix 9 Mega Live. I mean... Nothing is simply named, but took a lot of time to think that up, I would think. It looks like it would go on a boat as well as go into the ice. I believe that uh, Hummingbird has come up with uh, an adapter to adapt it to open water on a boat, too, um, which would cost you some more money on top of this. It's a it's a $3,000 unit uh, right where it sets now as an ice unit, but it could be moved to a boat. Uh, with some, it's going to cost you a little more to do that. And that, it's very impressive in what you can see on the monitor. Yeah, you know, you can see the structure that, the, that they're in, say if they're in a tree or whatever, and then you can see the fish. And it's just a, it's not really like a, you're seeing an actual fish, it's just a little light, light glow that moves, and you can see them. And then if you've got a jig or something down there, you can see the jig go up and down and move, and you can see them go after it, you know, and bite. So, yeah, it it's kind of really gives you an advantage over fishing because... A lot of times you don't know, when you go to a lake, you don't know where the fish are, and you can actually scan the lake with this and find the fish and then go point, pinpoint them and fish them. 
directly right there. So, Well, Dan Sawyer, thank you very much. And uh, you're here, Larry's here, uh, Bob's here, occasionally Ava's here. Anybody can get you uh, hooked up with what you need. Oh, yeah. Um, we're, we're pretty well stocked now. We're getting some more. We just got a whole pallet full of more of ice tents. We've got a bunch of Eskimo ice tents that we just got in today. So, I mean, stop in and see what we've got. And Bob keeps a heck of an inventory of, of uh, ice fishing equipment. So uh, we'd be glad to explain it to you and show you what you what you might like. And, you know, if you've got any questions, we can answer that. So Thanks a lot. Thank you, Ken. This is Ken Root, and if you really want to see the fish down below you when you're ice fishing, there are units that make a it available where that you literally are looking at a camera that's underwater. This technology, uh, Dan, has been something that I guess has been out for a little while, but it sure looks handy to be able to take it with you. It can entertain you at least, if not help you catch more fish. Yeah, you know, we've got several different screen sizes of the underwater cameras and you're actually dropping a miniature camera down into the water and then you can spin it around and you can see what's down there you can shine it put it towards your bait you can watch the fish come up and see what they do how they react to you when you jig which is an advantage too because sometimes you don't know whether you're jigging right maybe it's just you're not doing something quite right and you can see how that fish reacts and once you learn that, then all of a sudden you've got the key to catching more fish. So the, they work good. Now we've got some, you know, as big as seven-inch screens. We've got some that are smaller, 4.3-inch screens. And uh, they're all battery-operated. They all come in a, in a portable package that you can take out on the ice with you. And uh, a lot of guys like them and they fish with them. Cost-competitive uh, with the big box stores, I believe. But uh, you've got to get ready for the price on these big screens. On the AquaView, your price is $1,000. Yeah, $1,000 on that. Uh, we've got some that are, you know, the 4.3 Stealth is a little micro one. Uh, it's like $279. Uh, we've got a $399, uh, 399 and another one, and a 299 on another small micro setup. So uh, it's not like you're dragging. The, the big 7-inch here is $1,000, but... That's a bit pretty good sized unit, but you can get by with something that's a little smaller and still see just as much with it. You know, you could buy an awfully big uh, 1080p uh, uh, smart TV to go in your house for that. Yeah, you sure could. Now Benny's got a got a camera, and he uses a Vexlar too. So, and uh, so he can kind of see what's going on down there. And uh, he did real good yesterday on the ice and. And uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody really go out there just yet, but it's, there's some fishable fishing. So some equipment here that if anybody was really interested, and once you try the Vexlars and that, you won't, you, you'll never fish without them. Let's talk about that ice for a moment. What's the minimum thickness or the way you determine when it's safe to go out? Well, I'm a 300-pound man, so it's not my kind of ice out there. About two inches right now, so you can walk out on two inches if you're, if you're gutsy enough, I guess. And not fall through, you know, but I, I'm, I like about three inches for myself. The guys that are weighing 100, 150 pounds are fine out there. And, and you kind of sit there for a while, then you'll notice that all of a sudden your hole is kind of underwater because the ice settles, you know. As you're sitting there, it kind of settles down. Pretty soon the water comes up through the ice, and you're kind of sitting in a pool of water. Uh, and that's just early ice, but you want to be real careful. Maybe take a spud bar with you. You know, check out ahead of you where you're walking. Make sure that you don't step in a place where it's thin and fall through. Um, it's not fun. I've talked to some guys that fell through and, 
and they say you don't want to experience that. So just be safe. All right. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. This is Ken Root, and uh, we are in the back room here at Murray's. Bob has kept talking about in the back room, he has these pallets of things that he's getting out now. And I guess the major thing Dan left back in here is uh, the tents. Some pretty good technology on these tents, and of course the whole idea is to keep you warm. Oh, exactly. You know, there is so many different varieties nowadays, and they've advanced quite a bit from a, a regular canvas-type tent to now they're thermally insulated. Um, they, they're they like a big uh, moving blanket, actually, is kind of what it describes that wrapped around the, yeah. the framework, and it, it holds the heat real well. Um, they, they use these ones here, pop-up ones that are, uh, you pull them like a sled, then you open them up and pull them over the top of you. They've got chairs in them. You can keep your gear in the sled, and you fish out on the ice in front of you. We've got also pop-up tents. We're getting a bunch of those in, and they're hub, they're hub tents is what they call them. And you just open them up like a hub, pull the hubs out, pop them out, and set them on the ice. And then you want to anchor them with some, with some ice anchors, and then you can just open up the door and fish in there like a, like a regular tent. Some guys, even on the bigger ones, talk about camping overnight in them so uh we've got some of those we're, we're getting in stock here we've got eskimo we've got fray bill we got clam we've got a lot of the major manufacturers larry's been busy assembling tents which takes a little time but you can either have them assembled or you can just purchase them in the box and take them home and assemble yourself and save a little money that way too well let's walk to this eskimo tent here and see if we could kind of get a feel for it it starts out, as you say, as a sled that's uh, got two seats in it and kind of a clam over the top. So I'm going to sit down on top of here, and Dan is pulling the top of it over me so that the whole thing is now up, and I'm out of the wind at least. Mm -hmm. I've got an uh, area under me to give me some safety here. When the door's closed, too, you can leave it up like this. And just use it as a wind barrier and fish out in the open too, which I like to do sometimes. Rather, and then you can see what's going on. But on those real cold days, you can close her down, seal it up with a little snow around the outside. Even put a little heater in there, and you can sit around in in, a, in your shirt sleeves. I mean, it's that the insulated ones are that good. Does it work well for those vexillars? For you to be able to see them better or your camera better, if you've got yourself, especially if you're in bright sunlight, if you got yourself covered up. Most of the Vexilars now have a pretty bright uh, indicator on them, and you can see them out there in the sun, but you definitely are better in the tent. You can see them a lot easier, and, uh, you know, some of the some of them are, have a, a place of deal where you can, a night mode where you can turn them down to, so like in your tent, so it's not quite so bright then either. Yeah. Some of the more expensive Vexilars have that too. Well, you've got a wide selection of these. I don't know how many there are. There's seven or eight of one type. Here's an Ice Hunter 195. That looks a little higher tech. The seats are more cushioned. It's a fray bill. It's a $660. Or if you buy it in the box and not put together, it's a little cheaper. Yeah, and this is our insulated model that we were talking about. That's, you know, it's a really comfortable tent. A lot of them, uh, they're going to weigh somewhere around 60 to 80 pounds empty. You know, with the thermals are a little heavier because the blanket's a little heavier. 
Um, I've fished with the regular style for years, and you can stay when the sun's shining. It's beautiful, you know. And then the sun—it's like a little solar solar panel on the outside, and it just heats the inside. But uh, I just used a simple Coleman lantern years ago and heated it with that. But now we've got heaters and and uh, little uh, LP heaters that we can put in them, and and you almost sometimes you almost got to shut them off. You can, it gets too warm. Now let's say that you're a avid fisherman, but you've got a friend, a wife, or whatever who's not quite as uh, strong-willed as you are, if you get one of these, that's uh, pretty comfortable. You can't exactly set up housekeeping in there, but you could make it pretty nice. You know, you could probably persuade your wife to come out if she wasn't a big fisherman and it was comfortable. Maybe she'd just sit and read a book. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's it's definitely not as trying as trying to fish out in the open and, and with a little wind and, and it's 30, 40 degrees. It's really comfortable, you know, and then even... I like to fish this with a flipped up most of the time, but then when it gets nasty, then I flip it down. Well, we've got what you need, folks. If you come over here to Murray Bait and Tackle on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye, appreciate Dan's help and the things we're talking about here. There we go. We're done. This is Ken Root, and uh, we're going to talk here about the reels you need for ice fishing. Dan, uh, fill us in from your perspective. People come in here and they're not sure what they want. What do you offer? Well, basically there's two types now, um, which is the regular spinning reel that we've always had, uh, but a smaller version for ice. And then now is a real popular has gotten to be the inline reel. And uh, we've got a good stock of those. Uh, when I say inline, it's more like a bait casting reel. Uh, the line rolls, just rolls off like a bait casting reel. Uh, you don't get as much line twist as you do with a spinning reel, and the line sinks better down the hole. So when you drop the bait down, it just follows the line. The line follows it. Do either of these require you to have a rod where the line goes down the middle? No, these are meant for outside uh, type uh, eyelet rods. Um, the ones that go down the middle have their own little rod system, which is pretty unique. I really like those too. But if you're going to fish a regular ice fishing rod, a smaller version of a of an open water rod, then these are the reels you'd use. If you're using any kind of tip ups or tip downs, um, how you set yourself up so you can uh, watch multiple lines and do it legally? Okay, so um, we had a really good stock of uh, tip ups, tip downs, danglers, and there is some ways that you can fish six lines on the Mississippi River. Six lines. Yes. You can fish two lines in Iowa legally. You can buy a third license. So that would allow you to fish three lines there. On the Mississippi, you're allowed to also fish three tip-ups on top of that. So you could fish six lines. Now the tip-ups I call flag devices. They have a flag that goes off when the, when the fish bites. And you can go ahead and use those. You could have three of them, but you have to have your name and address on each one. They have to be marked. So they, so if the DNR comes out, they say, well, this is Dan Sawyer's. I know that's his. And otherwise, the guy can say, well, that's not mine. And he, could have, he could have a dozen out there. and you know, This way they can pinpoint it. So, yeah, you've got to have them marked, but three of them. And then uh, also the danglers and the tip downs are more for, like, perch, bluegills, that type of thing. Usually the... The flag devices, the tip-ups, guys more bass and uh, northern for those. So uh, they'll fish a minnow or, you know, a chub on there and try to catch those northern that are wandering around. So, Well, to say the least, you've got it all right here at Murray Bait and Tackle. 
yeah, yeah, stop in. And we can uh, gladly show you stuff. If you've got any questions, give us a call. And we'll uh, do our best to try to explain what uh, we have and how it works and, and get you set up. Dan Sawyer's going to give us an overview here on uh, two types of ways that you can set your rods and be ready to catch a fish or have the fish perhaps catch himself. One of them's a tip up, one's a tip down. Describe the, uh, the first one that's kind of dangling here. Okay, that's called a dangler. Now what it does, it just sets there and bobs a little bit in the wind. And then when the fish bites, the pole goes, pulls it down to the, to the ice hole. And you just watch it for bites, basically. You know, some guys will put a little bobber on the line so it hits the water. It kind of stops it. Um, but that's one they use for crappies, uh, perch, bluegills too, possibly. Uh, the other one is called a tip down. And it's a homemade unit. We have a gentleman that makes these. And he makes them out of oak. They're beautiful, actually beautiful. We use a little skews, a little schoolie rod, if you know what that is. It's a, some of the first fishing rods, that, ice fishing rods out there. It's a sideways wind. Yeah, yeah, it's a plastic reel. It's it's the old basic uh, fishing ice fishing rod we used when we were kids, you know. So this one here sets. It's called a tip down. So you set it when the fish bites. It just pulls the pulls the pull over and pulls the down to the ice, and it just sets there. So if you see it pulled down to the hole. You better go check because it's probably got a fish on it or was a fish on it. Um, the other the other ones are, are the tip-ups, which are basically set over the hole, and the spool is in the water with the with the uh, hook on it, and the fish come along, take the bait, pull it. There's a trip on that that flips a flag, and the flag goes up. So that's a flag device, and those are the two that I was talking about that were you could use three of them on the river legally plus three lines. So. Well, let me go back to uh, this dangler here and explain it a little bit. What we're looking at is a small ice fishing rod that has a spinning reel, and most of the weight sets back behind the fulcrum here, so it is tipped up and kind of balanced at about a 30-degree angle. So if you run your line down in the water, it still stays up, but you will see it move. I would think that's the key, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it, it's going to sit there and kind of bob a little bit, but it's you balance it so that it is kind of evenly. So when a fish pulls on a little bit, you're going to notice the tip of the rod go down. It's not something you stand there and babysit, but usually if a fish comes up and takes it, you know, usually it's going to they're going to either pull it down to the ice, the tip down to the ice hole, and uh, you're going to have a fish, or uh, you know, otherwise they'll they will bite and you'll catch them when you see that rod tip wiggle. Dan, thank you very much for explaining one more thing about ice fishing. Sure, glad to do it.